Welcome to Star Trek Stuff with Anne and Adam. We finally know what to do with the boomers. I got the whole internet mad at me, so that was what? pretty cool. How? What did you do? It was the weirdest thing, but I had like just an avalanche of the stupidest human beings on earth come after me. For what? I saw this Jimmy Kimmel bit. I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel often. I don't yeah. even follow him on Twitter. Uh, I'm not some big fan or anything. Right. He was riffing off of how uh, Fauci had been saying, look, they're running out of room in the ICUs. Uh, they're going to have to make decisions about who gets treated first. Yeah. When you've got all these unvaccinated people coming in. Yeah. And and it's like, because uh, it's going to be triage. They, yeah. you're going, they're going to have to make these decisions. Jimmy Kimmel had some riff off of that or something like that. Right, uh, right. So, so, something like, oh, oh, you could have had the shot. You could have taken it, but you didn't. You took horse medicine instead. Well, right. get to the back of the line, Wheezy. Y- yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, I saw that on Twitter, Jimmy Kimmel was uh, trending, and so all these people were mad. Uh all these right wing, just the worst people on earth, were 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 mad at him, and so I said, uh, "Wow, it looks like the quote you can't tell a joke anymore because of the snowflakes crowd right, right. is really mad about a Jimmy Kimmel joke." Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. And within a couple of minutes, J- Jimmy Kimmel decides to retweet this to eleven million people. He retweeted, oh. we t- retweeted what you said? Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't tag him. I wasn't trying to talk to him. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just said, wow. Looks like the, oh, no, tr- oh, you triggered people are, oh, triggered. Or, you know, right. that kind of thing. You know. Oh, my God. That was a week ago. It still won't stop coming in. Just th- all these people with, like, five followers and their profile picture is an American flag oh and a gun Lord. or something just writing homophobic threats and shit at me. Jesus. It's really weird. <laughs> oh my god. Just uh yeah, so that's been interesting being a deeply hated person on the internet and people are like, "Oh, you getting ratioed." I'm like, "Actually, we're kind of proving my point here." Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at what the replies are. It's just people with follower accounts lower than their spelling grade level <laughs> were just coming out of the woodwork at me to just be like, damn. "You're dumb. You're dumb. How can you you get the, the, you're a puppet of the deep state and the Jews, uh-huh. you know, just getting this oh kind of stuff. God. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been real fun. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> it's been so quite weird. A week. But yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody just went in and left a one star review. Oh, thanks. I have the show in the bio and stuff. People are like, "You have a Star Trek podcast. You're a cook." This uh, kind of stuff. Wh- what? <laughs> what does those two things have to do with each other? That's so bizarre. Hog logic. I don't know yeah. what the deal is with these people. Jesus. But I uh, triggered them pretty good. Yeah. Apparently. Oh my god. If the world's worst, literally the worst human beings that are alive right now are mad at you, like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think one should lose sleep over that. You'd be pretty, yeah. pretty happy about it, honestly. That's bizarre. Speaking of being pretty happy, I was pretty happy with this episode. I, I was too. I really love this episode. It's one of my favorites for a lot of reasons, but the biggest reason is the ambiguous alien thing. That's my favorite kind of episode. It's the second time, I guess, this season mm-hmm. where we've had the ambiguous alien. And yeah, they're, I think they're 
the two best episodes. Yeah, it's my favorite type of episode. I mean, from any of the series. Um, DS9 doesn't have a whole lot of them, um, but uh, TNG had quite a few, and this series has quite a few, and uh, Voyager, of course, you know, like, there's a bunch of those. So, yeah, I love them. I like it a lot. The opening shot is of Trip and Ahab in those teeny tiny little shuttle pods. Um, looking at the damage on the outside of the ship. And they actually say it's been four days since the Romulan incident, and they are fucked. I love the go-kart shuttlecrafts. Mm-hmm. It's it's so little. There's little bitty bumper cars uh-huh. of, of these shuttlecrafts. It's fantastic. I can't think of another time when damage has been surveyed from the outside like this. Me neither. I love this. Yeah, it's great. They need major repairs. They can only go, they can't go any faster than like warp two. And then they talk about how long it's going to take to get back home. And it kind of solidifies something I've been wondering about warp drive. Um, It seems like warp drive, like each level of warp is like sort of exponentially faster somehow. Like, okay. Because like the way he was talking about it, he was like, it's going to take 10 years. And I was like, what? That's crazy. My understanding is that it is a doubling each time. Mm-hmm. It, you've got warp one, which is speed of light, and then warp two is twice the speed of light, and three, the, you know, and so on and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get to 10, which is lizard speed. Right. <laughs> Ludicrous speed. Listen to me. I am more... I'm everything. Trip is talking and he says, even if they can find some of the metal that they need, it'd still take three or four months to repair everything. They can't even call out very far because the subspace communication thingy is super damaged too. So all they have is like short range. And Ahab says they've answered enough calls for help. It's time for them to get help. And I, I was like, okay, how many times? And so at a major stretch, and I, I like, did a little research at a major stretch they have answered quote unquote uh about eight distress calls oh yeah distress beacon oh yeah baby you're excited about that the first rule of space travel kids is always check out distress beacons nine out of ten times it's a ship full of dead aliens and a bunch of free shit one out of ten times it's a deadly trap but i'm ready to roll those dice uh, the drifting ship in episode two, where the you know there was all those dead bodies, uh, the trip gets pregnant episode, mm-hmm. the cargo ship, but they didn't really ask. That was fortunate son, the the one you know the the boomer ship. Yeah. Um, they didn't really ask for help, but it was just kind of a you know dear doctor with the uh, the two different species. That was definitely a call for help. Right, right. The Klingon ship and the gas giant. They didn't really ask for help. It was just kind of like they noticed it was happening and then they did something. So, I don't know. That kind of qualifies, but kind of not. And then uh, Shuttle Pod 1, the one where it's just the bottle episode with uh, uh, Trip and, and Reed in the shuttle. Um, the damage was because of helping another ship, uh, which we never saw. We never saw that species at all. The Emotional Vulcans... And uh, last one is Zabral and the Desert People. I need a vacation. We do bag on Archer and crew for just being like, yeah, I'm going to just go yeah. stick my dick in it, whatever's going on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they, right. really done, they really have done some good. Yeah. Too sweet. Yeah. I love that he has to swallow his pride and do this. Yes, me too. Me it's too. Like, oh, All right. All right, I broke dad's ship. 
Got to get somebody to tow dad's truck. <laughs> he has Hoshi come up with a general distress call. He's like, no details. Because um, somebody really bad could hear it, you know, and be like, aha, pray. So he says, you know, no details, minor repairs, um, when it's not really minor repairs. You lied. I exaggerated. And then we go to the theme. Come and knock on our door. It's kind of shitty to say minor repairs when it's not. Yeah. You know, I just need some help moving uh, a little piece of furniture. You get there and it's like three couches. You're like, dude, come on. Right. <laughs> and an entertainment center. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. couches are bad enough, but those fucking giant ass entertainment centers, fuck you. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Because first of all, you have bad taste. <laughs> And second of all, like those things are horrible. Yeah, I don't have one anymore. I, I turned <laughs> it into a tool rack outside. That's a good way to do it. Our next shot is Reed in physical therapy, and that sucks. That, that has got to... Have you ever had to do any kind of physical therapy type thing? After my heart attack, I had to do physical therapy, but it was not this kind of... It wasn't from an injury like this. Y- yeah, you just had to do like cardio, right? Like light cardio and build it up? Yeah, yeah. We are not at the point where Doc can wave just a little blue light over it and then it's fine. Yes. It, in uh, in Trek, and I kind of like that, that they're having to still do mm. the hard work of physical therapy. God, what is this, the Dark Ages? Flocks, though, being an awesome doctor, <laughs> he tells him, look... This will be easier if you just let me use more blood worms on you or in you. Yeah. And Reed's like, yeah, the last one is still right. missing. And I'm like, <laughs> but I, my, my question is, how is it going to come out? I guess you poop it out. I hope so. You'd have to, right? That would be the best option. Like, there's, there's several other options, and I think that would be the, I mean, all of them are gross, but I think that would be the best, you know? Yeah, there's there's Ooh. no clean way to end uh, a blood worms treatment. No. Oof. No. <laughs> yeah, but my favorite line of the whole, that whole little scene is uh, Phlox saying, it's unethical for me to harm a patient. I can cause as much pain as I like. <laughs> that is hilarious. He's a doctor, but he can think like a lawyer. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Flox oh might God. be the only doctor I'd let do anything with blood worms into my body. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. Culber. Yeah. Definitely uh, Vulcan Susie Plaxton. Like, I'll just be oh, like, yeah. okay, yeah, whatever you want. Whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Doc. Doctor, doctor. And he does talk about his attitude, which I which I agree with. Anytime you're healing, like you do have to like kind of watch your attitude because it does make a difference. Get that PMA. What is PMA? Positive mental attitude. From there we go to the captain's office, which is a really cool shot, and we get a really nice body shot of Porthos, which is awesome. Nothing but the dog in me. Big close-up foreground shot of the yeah. best developed character so far on the show. <laughs> we know his motivations. Cheese and, um, yeah. Cheese, cuddle time. Sleeping. Bork. Porthos and Ahab look up when they hear a, a squeaking sound, and Ahab is, like, you know, pissed off because he says that Trip 
supposedly fixed it. But yeah, Porthos walks back and forth. Like we get like a lot of, you know, Porthos time. The episode, it does show right at this point in the uh, credits that this episode was directed by Roxanne Dawson, uh, Bellana Torres. Great director, fucking terrible politics. Currently doing Christian movies. I saw an interview where she was like, yeah, I'm doing Christian movies now. She was doing Marvel shit. Like, she was doing uh, The Runways. Which, you know, not the best thing that Marvel's done. No, but... With what Marvel's doing now, they're, like, looking for women directors. And then Roxanne Dawson goes and, like, just goes like, yeah, I'm not part of uh, normal society. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then. All right. right. Good. See ya. I'm not going to claim any kind of inside, you know, uh, industry knowledge or anything, but I can promise you bullshit like that will get you not hired for jobs. I'm absolutely sure. I mean, it's like an actor doing uh, an infomercial or something. It's like a black mark. You'll never... is Mike Sussman, who wrote a ton of Voyager and Enterprise. Oh, and Phyllis Strong. She produced uh, 50 Enterprise episodes Wow! and wrote a ton of Voyager. Yeah. Two episodes that Mike Sussman wrote for Enterprise already were Detained, which is the one where they uh, bust the Suliban out. Right. And th- then Shadows of Pajem. Uh, which is oh. the one oh, yeah. with the yeah we know that one uh so yeah. i think the, two of the better episodes of uh, season one uh yeah. we we have our our writer back for that so i'm nice. stoked that's pretty cool uh to paul calls ahab to the bridge because they actually have a response to their distress call she says it's a tellerite freighter and i think this is the first canonical mention of the tellerites yeah because archer's like do you know what a tellerite is and she's like <laughs> yeah they're fine i guess the thing yeah. is though the tellerites we know from watching uh really just tos and mm-hmm. lower decks yeah. that they're the 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 porcine like they're the the pig like species pig yeah <laughs> yeah and i know that there had to have been uh, a draft where they call in and they FaceTime and they were just like, you know what? There's no <laughs> way that the makeup that. is going to no. work. Man. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> looks terrible. We, can't do, we gotta actually do the Tellerites. <laughs> oh, we have no so good funny. reference for them in yeah. uh, 90s track. Let's just... Nah, they just yeah, call. Just it's fine. It. Yeah, T'Pol says that they're not super agreeable, but they're trustworthy, which is fine. That tracks with uh, the TOS episode where... They uh, had Sarek on board, and there was going to mm-hmm. be some kind of conference, and the Andorians are there, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the Tellarites are just, like, kind of really blunt, Yeah, if I rem- yeah, remember correctly. What will you do? Of, How will you vote, Sarek? Yeah, yeah. They're sort of argumentative and pushy, but, like, they're not wrong. They're not like the, the scheming Romulans or right. whatever <laughs> right. that they did in the 90s track. Support the show by signing up at patreon.com slash Star Trek stuff or leave a tip at paypal.me slash Star Trek stuff. Let's keep the show ad free, except these, they don't count. So the the pigs in space go ahead and send a GPS pin and Enterprise is like, all right, put it in Google Maps. Let's let's go. And because it and it actually isn't too far. Uh Honestly, if I'm Archer right now, I can't believe my luck because it was 10 years to get home. They sort of sidle up to the repair station that kind of looks like two-cylinder foam insulation things. 
things and then like connected between you know with something in between it's kind of cool looking i think it's a great design honestly mm-hmm. it's almost star wars looking it's very star wars looking especially inside but we'll talk about that <laughs> oh yeah that's true ahab does his friendly dad greeting thing but the station doesn't respond, and Hoshi's not getting anything, and Ahab like kind of is like, I don't like it, you know. There's no bio signs or anything, um, and Trip is like, Trip is automatically like, we could go strip the copper. <laughs> to Paul scans the inside with the little uh, Spock viewer thing, and hers yeah. is retractable, which is super cool. Was Spock's retractable? Uh, I don't think so. At least they never showed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so it's pretty cool. Anyway, so she looks into the thing and she's like, yeah, it's like insanely cold in there. It's like a zillion degrees below zero or something. And yeah, <laughs> this shot of Trip rolling his eyes is great. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do well in cold climates either. We've already established I don't <laughs> yeah. like the heat. <laughs> oh, and there's a liquid helium atmosphere too. Yeah, yeah. So just absolutely no fucking way is anybody going in there. Yeah. And then they get flashed with like a beam of light kind of thing. And this is one of those fun uh, money-saving things because oh, yeah. we know as the audience that if you need to do a full scan thingy of the ship, it right. needs to sweep across and look like green. Yeah. This one is just goes, and a bright soft light, and we're done. Yeah. Which, there I don't know, I couldn't tell if they did that... Uh, in post later with an effect or if they just like shown a bright light on the set that's a good question if anybody knows maybe you work in tv or something or know things about lights and can tell uh, just from watching just go ahead and write in let us know we are star trek stuff at gmail.com or if you're in the facebook group star trek stuff podcast we need your expertise this is very important it's crucial that we know (laughs) how they probably did this very very mild cost-saving effect right (laughs) there is a cool camera move of the bridge uh after the light they do like kind of a slow spin over everybody's head it's it's a pretty good shot it's a really good shot yeah it's kind of like whoa Uh, whoa yeah everybody good to paul confirms that they got scanned like every sci-fi in the world uh, sci-fi fan in the world would know uh, and milk toast alerts everyone to what's happening on the station and it's changing shape to accommodate the ship which is very cool uh, I, I can't decide whether this would make a ton of sense in the real world or not um, for something on the ground I think it would but like in space would that make a lot of sense to do something like that i guess the smaller you are in space the less likely you are to get hit by like the little rocks and things that are flying through space from the various collisions over the bazillion years (laughs) um there's that maybe i don't know it it is very cool looking the idea of it it is and its execution uh is pretty damn cool yeah if I'm Archer right now, I'm just like, oh, fuck, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, totally. But that's not totally. his attitude. Like, instantly, he's just like, of course. Oh, I don't know about this. I don't like about this. This seems weird, and I'm suspicious. The, the gas station from heaven starts reconfiguring its whole <laughs> shit for him, and he's like, well, it's not nice enough. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But yeah, exactly. They need, they need to work on their manners. What are you fucking yeah. talking about? Like, it's just a weird <laughs> reaction to that. 
It's it very is. Karen-y. Yeah. I mean, maybe the beings that built it don't like talking to people. Maybe you need to work on being more tolerant, Ahab, for fuck's sake. Well, come on. Stop whining. The extremely good CGI then shows uh, Enterprise going into the space that's opened up and then like a little walkway coming from the station to the ship. And of course, it's exactly the right spot and everything. There's a blown opportunity here. And I was thinking that this could be for Travis. It turns out Travis does get stuff to do in this episode, which is like... That scene on the bridge where Florida Man is and then Archer's like, why aren't they nice enough to me? Uh, (laughs) Why isn't Travis, who's spent his life in space and just sees weird shit, I imagine, growing up, why isn't he just like, oh boy, Captain, because he's so cutesy anyway. Like, why? Exactly. Oh boy, this is going to be great. Something to sort of yeah. like off balance their shittiness. Yeah, some kind of excitement from him. Like, this is so interesting. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? So Harry, Ron, and Hermione um, go over to the other side. And I'm not sure why they drew this scene out so much. Like, they showed every second of them going into the station. Like, every door opening, them walking through. And, like, it was just, like, why are they drawing this out so much? Maybe there was, like, a time to, like, they needed the time or something. I don't know. I I think I know why. No? I think it's because of what happens when they walk in. Mm -hmm. It looks like 2001, but, like, broke. Yeah. It's all white. There's white lights. The walls are white. Everything is that 2001 white, but, like, kind of, you know, UPN TV shitty. I was gonna say I was gonna say Cloud City Star Warsy, but yeah, UPN two thousand shittiness. Yeah, that's that's definitely more correct. Yeah, sure, it could evoke uh, Cloud City as well. I have no problem with that idea either. Yeah, I just thought like, yeah, it just looks like they kind of wanted to do something two thousand and one y because they because yeah. of the way that it was paced and right. and the way that the room looks. I just thought, mm, no. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> that didn't work, man. I'm sorry. Then they get inside the room, and there's a hologram of the ship with all the damaged areas, um, I think in red, and it's pretty cool. Florida Man is super impressed. I do like the the bit uh, where he's like, you told me you fixed that. He's like, well, I was going to yeah. get around to it. I, I, that, is a, that is a good <laughs> bit, like on its own. Just kind of well-timed, because yeah. it wasn't like, I don't know, these two guys... They don't always pull it off, but I think that that scene, because it was paced just like, you know, 10, 15% slower than they normally do, totally worked. So all of the screens around the room are written in English, and um, on one of the little screens you see like a picture of the a picture of the crew kind of going past, and I think one of the pics is Milk Toast, which seems like foreshadowing. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then he sees a screen with like a human form with Reed's injury, and you know, to Paul's like, yeah, they could, they might be able to fix that too. With that gnarly ass mind stuck him through the leg. Gross. That was so brutal. It was. It was really brutal. <laughs> the automated teller comes on, and it is gloriously like dealing with any automated system. Yes. If you call. Anywhere, any kind of company with more than like 12 people working there, yeah. it has one of these inf- 
infuriating systems. <laughs> and it just starts doing this like, blah, 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 blah. I just dealt with this with Walgreens. Uh-huh. So fucking annoying. Like, it basically, is. I just lie to it until it goes, like, transferring you to a person. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, Ahab totally goes into, like, this customer service hell, and he's like, it's it's totally him going, representative. Yeah. Representative. He's just smashing the zero button. Yeah, to Paul's like, yeah, the station's automated, dude. There's no people. I'm not a prophet. The station wants them to decide how to pay for all the repairs that it's going to do, which is like, I mean, it's immediately like automatically doing this for them, which is kind of remarkable. Like, it's just the whole thing is just interesting to me. And we never found out like who the, who built it who why are they doing it anything like that um but it gives them several options to pay for the work and they decide to do warp plasma because none of the other stuff is replaceable and i'm sitting there going what is warp plasma they talk about it a lot but that's a good question what would that be just seems like something that would keep the warp engine cool or something i, I don't know no idea i don't know hey if you know write in we are star trek stuff at gmail.com Yes. Uh, and plasma, generally speaking, is a really weird state of matter. Oh, yeah. Solid, gaseous, and then there's plasma, which is just weird. Mm-hmm. So it's, it makes it even, I guess, I mean, it makes sense for a sci-fi TV show to use something like plasma because it's kind of indefinable and, and so off, off the wall anyway. So they're like, all right, all right, fuck, here's some... So some warp, some warp plasma, and then so they give it to it, and then immediately these arms jump out and grab the Enterprise, mm-hmm. uh, and then Travis is like, "Uh, sir, <laughs> <laughs> that would be ter- that would be fucking terrifying." Yeah, you know that whole thing about how life on a starship would be fucking terrifying oh, because yeah. you never know what's going on unless your bridge crew, like, right. you're just like, "What right. the fuck?" Now we're blowing up. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> we get to see a little bit of that where Travis is just like, oh, oh gosh. So yeah, it's supposedly this is going to take just over 34 hours to completely repair everything. Um, but Ahab still would rather talk to a representative. Um, he finds the repair schedule and tells to Paul, you know, to send it to Hoshi so that, you know, she can send it out to the crew, listserv email style. Um, and uh, that's kind of a, an administrative thing. <laughs> the NX01 Facebook group. Yes. There's no real first officer. Like, this would be a first officer task. Mm-hmm. And to Paul sort of is, but she's the science officer. Right, It's right. just weird, the structure on this ship. I guess it's understandable that the bureaucracy just hasn't built the way that it has by the time... TNG. The 90s Trek comes along. Spock was... Not only the first officer, but he was also the science officer. Yeah, it's just like, well, they based all this on the Navy, sort of. Right, right. And Navy ships knew that they needed a first officer. They need an XO. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why they were just like, uh, nah, we're just going (laughs) to space. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's all good. Just whoever's got the most chemistry on the bridge. That's right. how things will get taken care of. It'll be fine. <laughs> no big deal. Big old rubber stamp on that idea from Admiral Pushover that we saw Oh, yeah, earlier. yeah. We haven't yeah. seen that guy in a while. Actually, That's true. I think about it. Yeah. 
So the uh, computer service lady says uh, that they can now go to the recreational area. And I don't know what they were expecting, but Florida Man was expecting a lot more than a dining area with cool windows. It's like, I think he was wanting like a Dave, Dave and Buster's or something, like some skee-ball and shit like that. Call us a recreation area. Yeah. I don't see a pool or a sea-doo nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> where do we where do we ride around on ATVs? Yeah. <laughs> So T'Pol realizes that there is a matter energy converters and converter in the tables, uh, basically a replicator. And Florida man's like he says it could be a transporter. And T'Pol gives him this amazing "you fucking idiot" look. <laughs> it's just it's beautiful. Yeah, it's like it's perfectly blank, but it's also like she's thinking it's a good thing you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a pirate had a baby with an angel. She realizes it's a replicator, like for food, and orders cold water because that's all she can consume in that fucking bodysuit. Um, but she's seen it before. And meanwhile, Ahab is like looking under the table, and like, because somehow that'll tell him something about the, you know, I'm, I'm, it just cracked me up that he looked under the table. It's like looking behind the flat screen to see where the people inside are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Florida man again proclaims his love of deep fried catfish, which I do share. I get that. I get that. But uh, really, I don't okay. know. He okay. could think of another food. But it comes with black eyed peas and greens with cornbread and everything. I'm like, damn, that it's like he only ordered the pan fried catfish. That was that was weird to me too. And then to Paul's like, they must have scanned the database when they did the white flashy light thing. And Archer gets like real offended at this. He gets pissy because they didn't ask his permission. That's so you weird. You signed that TOS, man. You signed the terms of service agreement. Yeah, they got you. <laughs> no way out of it. You are now it, subscribed to iTunes, and it knows what you like. I but I guess he just isn't getting the whole pe- other people are different from you thing. He just cannot handle that. It is something he's had problems with so far, mm-hmm. all along, mm-hmm. every single episode. It's arrested development. And Trip is like offers him the catfish, and and Ahab's like, "I'll stick to the natural, non-GMO, replicated food. Thank you very much." <laughs> that shit's so weird. If someone showed me a magic device that could make me anything, I'm just like, "Yeah, I will use this a lot." <laughs> totally. This is now going to happen. The entire time. I mean, why would you make your chef do work? Give him a vacation. When does the chef get a vacation? No shit. Let him take a break. And after Ahab leaves the room, T'Pol and Trip look at each other, and then she has this great look of total disgust with him eating the catfish. It's so short and, like, really subtle, but it just, it kills. Uh, she's so good. It kills me. Then we see some mechanical arms, like, fixing shit. Oh, it's so cool. Like just grabbing big chunks and like just slamming them in. It looks fantastic for the time, especially. Yeah. We see why it got nominated and it won a Visual Effects Society Award for Best Model and Miniature in a Televised Program, Music Video, or Commercial. So the people that make the effects in Hollywood said, hey. um, That's fucking awesome. This this is good. So I think an award from your peers like that is pretty pretty damn good. Like much better than the the Academy, honestly, is just like people going like, yeah, I I don't know. I didn't even see that, but it sounds good. Like that's how (laughs) a lot of awards get won. No, seriously. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. They gave me a gift basket. I'll vote for them. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's a, uh, we go over to Phlox Bay and uh, there's like a reused Exocomp from TO, uh, TNG. Oh, there she is! The little robot Exocomp! Um, and it's healing Reed's leg. And Phlox is flipping out about how cool it is. He really wants one. Uh, maybe he creates it. Maybe he like studied it and created it later. I don't know. How do we know he didn't invent the thing? I don't know if a guy who is super stoked about like putting worms in people's systems uh, would be the guy who would go for the high tech. True, true, very cures. true. He, he's real into that holistic, like yeah, oh, you know, you're back to the land kind of yeah. medicine. Yeah, totally. So I don't know about that, but uh, it actually is. And I, I thought, dude, that looks like an exocomp on its side. No, yeah. it literally is. It is. It's the exocomp <laughs> prop, and they just like popped it open. Uh huh. And painted it. Yeah, it zaps Reed's uh, knee or leg or whatever. Yeah, yeah. his leg. And uh, he's fine. He's good. He's perfectly healed. Even the scar is gone and everything. Like audiobooks? Hate Nazis? Listen to The Holocaust Saviors by Ryan Jenkins on Audible. Narrated by Adam. Hear the true stories of covert heroism during humanity's darkest hour. That's The Holocaust Saviors by Ryan Jenkins on Audible. We're in the ready room, and Archer is obsessively watching the arms yeah. work. Like, he's just like, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. It's weird. Uh, it, like, I'm sorry, but after a few minutes of that, I'm just like, man, that's fucking cool. All right, now I'm going to go to that uh, recreation room where it will make me anything. Anything. And anything. Anything. Yeah, we don't know that it's just for food. Like, that wasn't established. So you can just go get guitars out of the thing. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome. You know what? Go get Porthos some some chew toys. Get him some squeaky toys. That would be amazing. Do something nice for your dog, asshole, instead of standing there just... (laughs) But yeah, so he's all suspicious looking and everything, and it's just like, "Mm, yeah. And T'Pol comes in, and there's some stupid, weird, time-wasting bit about gremlins. I don't know why yeah. that was still there in the edit, right. but okay, so that happened. Like, yeah. really, I, I was just like, this is going to lead to something, right? And it didn't, and anyway. Nope, not at all. Um, <laughs> so Paul's like, okay, pouty boy, what's the matter? And he's just, sounds curious about the station, but really, he's just like, yeah, something's really suspicious. Yeah, You know, yeah. He's, he's like, uh, I trust my instincts. Yeah, he just doesn't buy that leftist shit of like helping people for no reason. He's from a future utopia. Like it's not mm-hmm. uh, Kirk and Picard level Earth utopia, but he's from there. It's like it, sometimes things can just be nice. All right. You, yeah. You, I mean, the episode confirms his suspicions, but there's no reason so far not at all given for him to be like wait a second (laughs) if there was something some kind of little hint that Mm -hmm. he was noticing and that everyone else is like no it's fine then this would make sense but there's no motivations for his suspicions it's weird at this point yeah it's very like what uh, what is the point of this yeah so they go over to this recreation room and you see Hoshi and Milk Toast like sipping, you know, iced tea in the rec room and having fun and laughing because they are cute as hell. Aww. Florida Man and Reed are sitting together and Reed's eating, but I guess, you know, obviously Trip already ate. Um, and Reed is talking about how he felt sorry for the doctor because he just watched. And I'm like, I think Flox was fine with it. He was totally fascinated. Like, 
it didn't bother him. Fox's number one job is to get everybody better. Yeah. That's, uh, if that happens, he's stoked, and now he can play with the the bat thing or whatever that lives. In, <laughs> yeah. Any of the animals that live in his fucking zoo. Florida man's talking about everything awesome that he saw, and he says they could build ships that maintain themselves, and then he goes too far and says they wouldn't need engineers, and that's just dumb. Every time there's a new technology, people are like, well, that's it. There's no more jobs at all. Right. All the jobs are now gone. That's so dumb. Some jobs are lost. Nobody builds typewriters anymore. Right. But that's okay. Like, people built computers after that and yeah. did other things. Somebody needs to build keyboards. They kick our gym! Florida Man gets real into this idea of finding where the computer is. Yeah. Because he's like, there's no space for a computer the size of the one that you would need. And this is the first, like, suspicion that makes sense. Like, Archer hasn't had any motivations for being suspicious about the station. But this sort of like weird curiosity that uh, Florida Man's getting uh, makes sense because it's yes. grounded in like what's going on around him. Although he does talk about how huge the main computer on the Enterprise is, which kind of is like, really? That seems weird. Like, what are you still using like a IBM from 1984? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he said it was three decks high. Yeah. What? Massive computer. There, I couldn't think of a reason for them not to have just a giant physical computer right. at this point for a Warp 5 ship. I'm like, all right. I mean, this yeah. seems a little uh, excessive. Right, but, right. All right, but, fine. But fine, whatever. Yeah. I mean, we exactly. know in like TNG and stuff, like around that era, that they're mm. using like a still doing like a central computer like with mm -hmm. one central computer core instead of distributed networks and things like that because right. eh, they were made at that time so right. they wouldn't have thought of that i guess but eh, all right yeah you got to have a giant computer to run the ship that's not weird within universe yeah uh, okay they probably wouldn't write that today today right. it would be like oh it, it's networked with it's in the cloud ish you know some some equivalent thereof with their storing info across subspace nets or something yeah. uh, all throughout yeah. the Federation. Right. But if you, if you wrote it now, that's probably what you'd do. But that's, sorry, we're locked into how Trek ships work. <laughs> they all have one giant central computer core. Right. Okay, fine, that's it. <laughs> so the whole point of the, the conversation is that Reed is talked into going to find this main computer with Trip. Um, but... During it, I'm noticing the people behind them, and there's, like, this woman that is hamming it up. Like, it's, like, killing me. She's making every facial expression in the world. Like, she's going from, like, happy to sad <laughs> to, like, like, she is, like, doing everything to get attention from the camera. It just feels so awkward and staged. It's so weird. Roxanne Dawson's like, okay, extras, I really want you to, like, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> really feel this moment. <laughs> it's it's like the thing in Futurama where he's like, you in the background, do some acting, run around, <laughs> throw a pie or something. There is a fantastic line. It's it's probably my favorite line in in this episode. Florida Man is going, yeah, come on, let's go check out the computer and let's go look at it and sneak around. And 
Reed's like, yeah, I don't know if that's a great idea. I don't think we should do that. And Florida Man says, well, we're explorers. Where's your sense of adventure? And Reed says, I think I left it in a Romulan minefield. Yeah. <laughs> I ah, love that's that. That's good. Yeah. That's so yeah, good. It's very good. That is awesome. It's a really good scene. What a great fucking line. Okay, so they make this plan to crawl through the ducks the air ducts to find the room with the main computer. The next scene is Florida man on Reed's shoulders taking a literal air filter like the one that I put in my air conditioner out of a ceiling panel. <laughs> they did not even try with that. Yep. Like they didn't paint it. I noticed they didn't that. Do anything with it. I mean, it's just a fucking air filter. Then we get this shot of Travis and he just gets like a quick phone call. Very quick scene. To where you wonder for a second, like, why it just happened, but absolute payoff later. Yeah. Uh, he gets a call from Archer, and Archer's just like, hey, come to this restricted place where you're not supposed to go. Travis is like, okay? I mean, he does ask about it, but um, the, ca- the you know, quote-unquote captain says it's, it's not under construction anymore, so. It's so fast, you're just like, why? Okay, well, all right, and then. It is also a super beefcake shot. Oh, that's right. He's so cut. Yeah. He looks amazing. Yeah. This, this is a man. A handsome, muscular man. So we switch back to Reed and Florida Man crawling through the gigantic air ducts. Okay, these air ducts, they are crawling side by side through them. They're huge. Um, But anyway, so they, uh, an alarm goes off, like they trip some kind of alarm, and they get transported directly to the bridge, Um, which, you know, of course, and T'Pol's looking at them, you know, over her console. The look is just purely blank (laughs) she once again does the deadpan thing so well to where you can just kind of read in whatever you want uh on her face but she's just staring at them like they got their hands caught in the cookie jar a little bit and she's like yeah really what are you doing (laughs) what are you doing immediately her her immediate thought had to have been like what did you do because i mean (laughs) you don't just get transported onto the bridge like, she had to have figured that out immediately. She was like, okay, it's these two, and we're dealing with uh, an advanced space station. They did something stupid. And then, so we go back to Milk Toast, and he's in the, I think it's the shuttle bay. There's nobody there, and there's some kind of weird, like, super melty, sparkly damage to the wall. And then that's it. You don't, you don't see what happens after that. It's a really quick, another really quick scene. And you don't see Archer. Um He's like, Captain, what? There's, a, But then that's mm-hmm. it. They don't give you anything else. But it's, you know, the, the music is ominous. Back in the ready room, Archer is ripping them a new one, just going like, you're supposed to be, <laughs> it, it, this, this, this is good. This is, honestly, I, th- I thought this would be a lot weaker. But he's just dressing them down. He's like, you're senior officers. What are you doing fucking around? Yep. Blah, 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 blah. Yep. Uh, you're, you're confined to quarters. Fuck you. And then he's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> And then right when they're about to leave, he goes, um, but, like, did you see anything, um, interesting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're just confused by that, like, do what now? Yeah. And they didn't. There was just, like, they were crawling, and then there was a butthole that closed, and then they got yeah. transported, <laughs> and then that was it. Yeah. That air duct <laughs> has true. a butthole. That thing just, like, zzz, like, a tr- <laughs> like a Transformer's asshole. 
just closes up <laughs> like that stadium where the Falcons play. <laughs> Are you ready for some football? T'Pol calls him and tells him that he has to go to the launch bay. And, like, it's an immediate, like, something's wrong kind of notification. And when he gets there, Phlox is scanning the, what appears to be the dead body of Milk Toast. And it's really shocking. Yeah, it hit me. I was like, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, dude. Like, for a second, yeah. I was really thrown. And I thought, they're not, this is pre-Game of Thrones. They don't kill off characters like this. It's like, <laughs> right, exactly. Or they could, but it's super, super yeah, rare. Yeah, definitely. So, and then there's this cool kind of, uh, what they call a god shot, where it's above, like, directly above the action um, of them carrying this body, Milk Toast's body, on a stretcher to Phlox Bay. And it looks like he was electrocuted, but Phlox is going to do an autopsy to be sure. Ahab, of course, is in a rage because he has feelings and that's how he deals with them. Yes. So yeah, he's stomping around and yelling at everybody, why was he here? Why didn't you send out yeah. the thing to tell everybody don't go in here? And they're like, we did. And he's, he's like, <laughs> so he's having it up. So he stomps into the white room to deal with automated tech support, which, you know, automated tech support is absolutely where you want to go when you want specific answers. That won't make things yes. more frustrating at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. You think you mad now? Wait yeah. till you wait till you get that thing. We're sorry, not a valid number. I feel like they did a pretty good job of acting the first few hours of finding out a friend died. Um because you know, from personal experience, all you can you're just in shock. You just kind of just go, What the fuck are you talking? That doesn't even make sense. You know, most of the time you don't even cry until much later. Um, you just kind of mm-hmm. feel sad. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely, I, th- I think they did a pretty good job of that kind of um, reaction. Especially, you know, somebody like Ar- Archer is going to rage around and stomp and yeah. yell at an automated teller somewhere. And <laughs> right, right. So they're not wrong. No. <laughs> he goes into the room, the, uh, you know, the, the white room, and just loses his shit. Representative! You know, he looks, he co- walks in looking pissed off, and all the computer says is the inquiry wasn't recognized, you know, and it's just like, to hear this message again, please press four. And the, the voice of this, which I didn't know until uh, earlier, uh, kind of right before we started recording, is our director, Roxanne Dawson. Yeah. And once you hear that it's her, it's pretty hard to not hear Bellana. I pride myself on being able to recognize voices. Like I can tell a voice actor. It's like, oh, that's the guy that does this. He's doing this and this. You know, I, same, same. Pretty, pretty good at that. I had no clue this was Roxanne Dawson. No clue at all. Mm-hmm. So good for her. That's 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 pretty awesome. Yeah. Flock starts the autopsy, and uh, just as he's getting started, and he's like, he's far too young to be on this table. You know, the whole thing, and it's yeah, you know, it's sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It sucks. I mean, it's... Oh, it's awful. But uh, uh, Hoshi comes in, and Flox is so awesome, uh, because he's like, look, you probably don't want to be here for this. Like, this is not going to be easy for you. This is a a friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, I want to be here for some of this. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they crammed her into a scene. 
uh, that they gave her a chance to react because yes. it would have been really easy for them not to because that's what this show does is ignore her. Yeah. So I'm glad that she had this scene. It revealed that uh, Travis is like a practical joker that he would fuck with her all the time with stuff. And yeah. She starts yeah. telling this story about how he pretended he found some kind of new life form and he scared her with it, but it was actually just like jello or something <laughs> yeah yeah and i just kept thinking why didn't we see any of this yeah yeah here's a new uh thing about travis he likes to play practical jokes okay great like put that mm-hmm. in the show somewhere mm-hmm. so that we know yeah. something about him other than he grew up space boomer and it would take like 30 seconds that's all it would take absolutely you could have these travis and hoshi scenes where he's like playing jokes on her we learn about him. We see the two of them. Maybe we start to get a ship going. Uh, all of that would have been great, uh, but no, they never did any of this stuff for either of those characters. It's very frustrating. Phlox tells her, you know, he felt very little pain, and he has one of those, like, uh, detective kind of aha eureka moments. He doesn't really explain it. He just says something is dead, and all of them, and... The scene just cuts away. Then we go to Milktoast's room, and there's some very weird stuff lined up on a shelf. Like, the camera kind of pans over it. One of those things is, according to Memory Alpha, is a model of Nomad, which is from the TOS episode, The Changeling. The one where he's like, I am Nomad, you know, and floats around. I am Nomad. In my opinion, that's a machine. That is so cool. That is the coolest fucking touch. Little things like that that are just there for it the is. fans is so much fun. Yeah, it gives depth to everything. Reed is like, well, uh, there's nothing here because we couldn't think of things for Travis to <laughs> have a character about. So why would we have anything but just sort of a room? It does say that in a letter to his there's a letter to his sister on the monitor and that it and it mentions that Ahab canceled breakfast with him. Yeah, it's just kind of like this scene that's there, uh not a whole lot, but it is kind of true to life where somebody dies and you're just like Oh, yeah, there was some minor unfinished tidbit that we never got around to or something. And Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the last time I saw him, he was talking about blah, blah, blah. We just uh, Mm -hmm. had a a death here in Athens, somebody that was, um, you know, just sort of known around town and a a music scene guy, sort of. And after that, you know, everybody just kind of started talking, like telling the little stories about him and stuff and... Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there was that one time when blah, 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 and yeah, did you see him last week when such and such happened? And that, that sort of thing. So yeah. just sort of these little, yeah. small, awkward, unfinishable yeah. uh, stories. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just part of the deal when somebody just suddenly up and vanishes, you know? It's very true to life. Um, so Phlox ca- calls the captain, and he says he needs to see him right away. So, you, get, you know, so the scene switches to Phlox Bay and he explains that the body is an almost perfect copy of Milk Toast, but it's not him. And a vaccine and the, the reason why is because uh, this vaccine that he gave everybody the month before some kind of Rigelian fever, like they weren't even near Rigel, but whatever. I'm Rigel the 16th, dominant to over 600 billion people. 
I don't need to talk to you. Supposedly, they should be still alive in the body um, because they actually thrive on the type of energy that killed supposedly killed milk toast. So the vaccine saved his life. That's so weird. Isn't that crazy? That a vaccine would save people's lives. That's so weird. What can you do? Medicine's not a science. But Flox notes this station replicated a whole body, but couldn't replicate this just the simple live vaccine, which is really I thought that was a really interesting line. That that was cover for like an obvious plot hole, to be honest. Oh, sure. Of course. <laughs> it was just like, of course. They were sitting there going like, wait, wait, why wouldn't they be able to reproduce a single cell organism? And they're just like, fuck, man, I don't know. Just we got to get the script in on time. I think it makes sense because the vaccine was live. Like they they can't replicate something alive. That makes sense. Okay, like they can replicate yeah, okay. food, but they can't replicate something alive. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I imagine he would have other live vaccines in him. Like, don't we all? Like, isn't that yeah normal? Why would this be the one that? Well, I suppose maybe because it was you know so recent. We're on the bridge, and Archer is like, "Hey, uh, don't 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 tell his parents." <laughs> Which, yeah. oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> Holy shit, dude. <laughs> and then the clock gets gets set. Uh, uh, Paul's like, oh, this thing's done in, in 20 minutes, what's just 19, 20 minutes, whatever the thing. It's yeah, going to be yeah. done real soon, and then we, we, we have to go. That's going to yeah. be a problem that we're, that we're not leaving for reasons. And then- uh, Fl- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love what happens with Florida Man. Oh, I know. <laughs> this is great. He goes in- with the plasma, like to make the payment or whatever, he br- yeah. he brings it in, and the machine is like, "Deposit your money right here." I'm actually Roxanne yeah. Dawson, and then he goes, <laughs> "Now wait a minute here, now now." Uh, he just starts making up problems, and it's awesome. Yeah. Just watching him, but he's like committing to it, like he's emoting to the this the fucking automated teller like he, he's like how do i know that uh the bolts ain't gonna go flying off when i go to warp speed i gotta get yeah. to daytona and i gotta get there fast you know he's just doing this whole thing and it, it's just like just put the money on the table just hurt, just put the money on the table and he's like uh-uh i need to talk to i need to talk to my manager blah, blah, blah. He, it's yeah. just great it's awesome it's really a brilliant stalling tactic from from florida man do a dance tell a story i don't care just give it a few seconds i mean it's not like he had to do any of it though like he could no, have just brought it in and just left <laughs> it right next to the the pad or whatever where you're supposed to yeah. put it on there. He could have just left it there and be like, uh, I'll be right back, and then walked out. But he just starts yeah. <laughs> yelling at the machine, which, I mean, we've all done. What are these stupid automated you know, voice system thingies? We've all yelled at it. So I, I really feel like this was cathartic for the writers after having to deal oh, with yeah. some god-awful uh, automated teller <laughs> bullshit. I think you're right, definitely. So, meanwhile, Ahab, Paul, and Reed are getting back into the gigantic air ducts, um, and Reed crawls ahead of them and trips the alarm. So he's, you know, specifically there to trip the alarm. 
luckily he gets transported back onto the Enterprise because they totally could have like, you know, strike two were beaming you into space. Yeah. But yeah. luckily they, you know, is back on the fucking Enterprise bridge. And T'Pol uses this little pen on the wiring to try to get the aperture to open the, the you know, the butthole. Um, but it cracks me up because she gets like annoyed with it and just hits it with a phaser. And I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rad. They go through the butthole, find this room, and it's awesome. Yes. I love the set for this. The design of it is great. Yes. Um, it's kind of dingy, almost cobwebby. Right. Right. Like the the shittiest uh, storage room from DS9. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah, just yeah. neglected and, uh, and all this. And there's just all these bodies. Just tons right. of people stacked up like a low-rent matrix. Just Yes, that's exactly a low-rent matrix. Totally. It's pretty fucking cool. And this is, this would have been written and shot like, I don't know, a couple years after The Matrix, which was like... 99, 2000. Really? Was it really that long ago? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. This episode was in, like, 2002, 2003. So it's at a time when The Matrix is the biggest thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to free your mind. When they get into this, you know, supposedly the core computer core, all the bodies are hooked up to, like, wires and fluids and shit. It's fucking nasty. Ew. There's all kinds of species represented. Lots of them we've seen, but can't, like, identify, but there's some we haven't seen. And I did see several Klingons. Oh, cool. I didn't even get a good look at who all was there. I kind of paused it several times to check. Oh, that's good thinking. I wish I'd thought of that. But meanwhile, the computer is, like, warning them to get the fuck out of there or their ship will, you know, get fucked up. Um, and they just totally ignore it. They totally ignore the, the computer. And after some quick scans, T'Pol determines that they're all alive, but their brains are hooked up kind of as the computer, um, and have severe neurological damage. Um, but they're, they are the computer, all the brains. The very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. They find Travis, and then Archer gets on top of him <laughs> and just yanks out these hoses that were hooked into his arms, and blood goes everywhere. <laughs> like, know. seriously, yeah. like, blood sprays all over, like... <laughs> Not even, well, not even sprays, it just like, yeah, <laughs> like all over Travis, yeah. like his own blood just goes all over like his chest and his, uh, his stomach or whatever, he's yeah. wearing his uniform, but like, holy fuck, it's gnarly. Yeah, like, it's it is super a gross. substantial amount of blood that just like splashes right out there <laughs> and they're huge hoses. Like it's not like little hospital thingies, whatever yeah. that has to be small and it goes right into your vein. It's just like big rubber tubing just <laughs> somehow connected to his arms. It's, and it's just gore. Just yeah. <laughs> splashes out. It's awesome. Yeah, it's super gross. Ew. Uh, meanwhile, outside, the metal arms grab the ship again and the station actually powers down the ship and takes over everything. Um, and I'm sitting there going, careful with those user agreements that nobody reads, man. <laughs> Where milk toast is, they blast a hole in the wall and like haul milk toast super muscle body out of there. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, 
he's helping them. Like, there's no way they're just dragging this enormous dude around. Oh, no. No chance. Yeah. I mean, honestly, T'Pol, uh, in canon or whatever, uh, T'Pol is doing most of the work, you know, being Vulcan strong and everything. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, Anthony Montgomery is doing a great job of, like, looking like he's being dragged, right. but actually sort of, like, tiptoeing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tiptoe walking. <laughs> That's a difficult physical acting challenge to take it on. Is, That's yeah. Uh, if you can keep your feet out of the shot, well, which would be Roxanne's job, but yeah. but it, it it works well enough. It, it does. I did think of that though. I was I was like, well, how the fuck are they dragging him? It's <laughs> not working. Yeah, They're, the set is very when they blast that hole in the wall and end up in the kind of white hallway with all the you know the blast dirt and everything. It's very reminiscent of the first scene in Star Wars. They get to the bridge, and <laughs> there's this line where uh, Trip is like, "They got us by the thrusters." Yeah, <laughs> I had I had a note about too. <laughs> I love that euphemism. That's fantastic. I had a note about that too because I was like, "Awesome." <laughs> this is when Ahab delivers the payment, you know, and it's and you can tell he's like gritting inside. Basically, they blow up the station with whatever they put in the canisters, whether it was actually warp plasma or not. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, there's a weird thing where there's an explosion and then it takes a second and Reed is like, the whole thing didn't blow up. He's like, wait, give it a minute. Now it has mm-hmm. to go through the cooling duct. I don't know, some shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of it blows up. Right. Uh, I feel like that would have been a thing that Reed would have understood. Known? Yeah. Uh, being the munitions guy. Yeah. The, this whole episode is like, hey, remember last time? And we're forgetting that Reed is the munitions guy from last totally. time. But okay. Totally. Uh, I, I, I feel like the, those lines should have been reversed. Like, Archer's line should have been like, why isn't it blowing up? And then yes. he's like, give it a moment, sir. And yeah, then yeah. Kablooey. Absolutely. I completely agree. That would have been so much more, I don't know, not effective, but interesting. Yeah, true to character. Mm-hmm. That would have been consistent and true to character if they'd have done it like that. But yeah. okay. Anyway, sometimes it's a small thing. It's just kind of flip the line around, and then it mm-hmm. works better. Yeah. Come on, guys. And then there's a bunch of close-ups of everybody anticipating. You know, like, oh, oh, and then this person, you know, it goes back and forth, you know, and then the secondary explosions happen. Um, and it's pretty fun to watch. It's good. Like, like, I mean, there's good reason why this episode won an award. Um, and then the engines and the computer come back on and they have to, I love this part. They have to launch torpedoes into the station arm that's still holding them. Uh, my question with this was why the torpedoes? This seems like a phaser job. They have the phase cannons or whatever. Right. Shoot the slicey thing instead of the boomy thing. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> why Why the torpedoes? He's, he's like, can you shoot it with a torpedo? And he's, <laughs> I don't know why Malcolm didn't go, we have the phase cannons, sir. We can Just slice it. We have the slicey device. <laughs> Just how about I do that? Yeah. Instead of making ex- another explosion in front of us, like yeah. right next to us. Right, exactly. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, yeah, so they launch a couple of torpedoes at, at the arm thing that's still hanging on to them, and then 
Yay. Okay. And then right, they yay. move out. Yeah. They, they get away and then it explodes more behind them. And it's pretty yeah. fucking cool. So, and then later in Flocks Bay, Milk Toast is doing better, but he still seems like really spacey. And Flocks explains that the station was using his brain to enhance its processing power. Um, but all the other people were fucked. The damage was irreversible, so it was fine to kill them, which is like kind of. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's a gray area, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I mean they're basically dead already, but you know, eh, yeah, you're not gonna feel great about that. No, definitely not. Ahab, uh, you know, has a conversation with Milk Toast that they're gonna have breakfast together on Friday. Oh boy, better see you in my office, Mister. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, of the of the crew, like him and Milk Toast, you know, obviously should get along the best. They are the corniest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and my favorite part of this whole thing, this whole episode, is the evil station putting itself back together again. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really cool. A great idea. They could have just sailed off and mm-hmm. then rolled credits. Yep. But that they, the camera kind of goes back and then you see like an arm starting to like put a piece back on a piece and then yeah. you, there's some ominous music. Fuck, that's awesome. It's really good. I love that part. Yeah, yeah. The last time we had an ending like this uh, that I can remember off the top of my head, there may be mm. another one more recently that I'm forgetting, was the first time travel episode, which uh, another Voyager alum directed, Robert Duncan mm-hmm. McNeil, mm-hmm. when uh, they were like, okay, we're going to seal Daniels' quarters. And right. so they put the lock on it, and then mm-hmm. the episode ends just kind of like camera pushing in on the lock, like ominously beeping. Yeah, yeah. Beeping. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, so this was kind of like that, but uh, even better, like way better. This was yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, way better. We are and hope to remain listener-supported. If you're an enterprising fan, we'll advertise your small business. Tell us about your plucky dream in an email to wearestartrekstuff at gmail.com to get started. Um, so, does it track? We definitely have um mystery thing going on that humanity uh, feels a little out of its depth with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. It clearly borrowed a lot from some aesthetics from 2001 and from mm-hmm. Star Wars mm-hmm. and The Matrix, obviously, yeah. like yeah. hugely The Matrix. Yeah. I'm on the fence on whether or not it really felt like Trek. Like, mm-hmm. I I think so, but it was definitely like really good sci-fi, mm-hmm. yeah. especially of that yeah. era. Yeah. I, I kept thinking, well, because I, I was asking myself, will this Trek, like, will I consider this? And I thought, you know what? This would just as easily have worked as an episode of Farscape. Mm-hmm. Totally. For example. For example, yeah. Farscape. For example. You know, mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. have been another one. Uh, Firefly around yeah. the same oh, time yeah. could Definitely. have done something like this. Uh, mm-hmm. This would have made a great Firefly episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much it really felt like Trek. Yeah. So even though I very much enjoyed this episode, I'm going to come down on the side of, no... Like, yeah. like, like, no, but barely no. <laughs> but also, I really looked forward to rewatching this one for notes. Like, yeah. it's a great episode. I'm not it really knocking is. it. 
No, I, I completely agree. It it doesn't really, really track, but it's still a really great episode. So it's, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yep. Um, and also the solution is to go in, blow up the thing, and run away, which is yeah. the most <laughs> Star Wars thing in the world. Like Very much so, yes. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Blow up the space station is very Star Wars. Oh, uh-huh, totally, totally. Um, the next episode is not one of my favorites because it's very Ahab centric, but it's fine. Uh, you know, it's it's okay. not it's not bad. It's just it's it tends it's a little, um, you know, dealing with him a lot, and it's kind of ugh, that annoys me. But it's but otherwise it's it's a fairly decent episode. Did you uh, come up with a band name? Duct hole. <laughs> Duct hole. <laughs> Mine is just representative, like with explanation, exclamation points, and everything. Okay, representative. All right. <laughs> How about a uh, non trek wreck? My non trek recommendation this week is going to be another YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Thought Slime. And it's this guy out of Canada, and Mm -hmm. uh, he's like a lefty, like, anarchist type or whatever, which Mm -hmm. anarchy is something I don't quite get, really. Me neither, yeah. It's a little much. I haven't really done the reading, so whatever. I'm going to just say whatever. But uh, I really enjoy his channel. Uh, He's got... Uh, a whole lot of uh, various interesting there's there's political stuff and everything but also recently uh, he put out this video where he's riding around on a skateboard just filming himself talking about growing up with AD, ADD ADHD you know whatever you want to call it both mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that that kind of thing mm-hmm. and it was really interesting and really kind of cathartic for me because uh, I could very much identify with the things he was talking about sure so um, if you have any experience with that if you were just called lazy in school mm. um, but you had a whole ton of energy this sort of this sort of thing maybe you'll find it uh, cathartic or interesting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something you can can relate to, so check out Thought Slime's channel on YouTube, and that yeah. is my non Trek recommendation. So my non Trek rec is a channel that I've already um, recommended, but he did something new that I wanted to, you know, promote. Um, it's Let Me Know. It's L E M M I N O. That's the channel. But he did this really long. Um, it's like an hour-long documentary breakdown of the Jack the Ripper case. Really well done. Like, all of his stuff is really well done. But the way he did this was phenomenal. Like, he didn't get all gory about it or anything, but he, like... Very cool. It's amazing. Like, I cannot recommend that highly enough. All right. Awesome. Many thanks to our patrons. We got uh, a couple new patrons this week, so that's mm-hmm. fucking cool. Awesome! Uh, a big welcome to our listeners in Alaska. Wow, that's so cool! Oh my god, you guys! Thanks to the uh, the hog maga trash that, <laughs> that is <laughs> still trying to burn me on Twitter. Uh, anyway, I could use some help there. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Bag of Lasers, L-A-Z-E-R-S, all one word. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's Star Trek Stuff Podcast. If you're on Facebook, join our Facebook group, which is Star Trek Stuff Podcast. I post a lot of stuff on the Facebook group just because I find funny shit and I just post it. You know, funny shit, um, cool uh, uh, pins and, and like, you know, gear, um, 
from from Star Trek and just everything everything that I find that is really cool to me I post on there and I welcome anybody to post stuff too please do please do I'm gonna recommend you know what go ahead and get Paramount Plus uh, we need to be financially supporting Star Trek yeah get Paramount Plus through Prime. Uh, mm-hmm. That's way way better. Uh, oh, How is it? Yeah, it, yeah, it, it actually works because like Prime actually works and the Paramount Plus app does not. So to get you that Paramount Plus, it's like seven bucks a month and uh, it keeps more Trek coming in mm-hmm. and keeps some budgets high for uh, all this all this new Trek content that's coming our way. Yeah. Speaking of Amazon, if you are on Audible, check out the Holocaust Saviors by Ryan Jenkins. Also, the Encyclopedia of the Ted Bundy Murders, yeah, since you're into that true crime stuff mm-hmm. already, because you're going to go with that Jack the Ripper doc uh, that Anne recommended. <laughs> Music by Maximum Busy Muscle. Maximum mm-hmm. Busy Muscle, all on word.bandcamp.com. Well, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will see you soon, or talk to you soon, and live long and prosper. Peace and long life. If y'all have never seen this, okay, so we live in Georgia, and they built this big new stadium, this big fancy stadium with taxpayer money uh, for the the Falcons to play, and it has a giant, uh, like the, we call it Megatron's asshole, <laughs> where it, it's this big <laughs> metal telescoping roof, which on its own is pretty cool, but you can't help but think it's Robo Hole. <laughs> Which is what they should absolutely have named the stadium. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) It's hilarious, though. Oh, my God. It's true. It's true. It's not something I ever wanted to hear when I was, um, you know, when I was young, when I was a teenager. Oh, my God. That made me just cringe so hard. I hated hearing that. But it's true. Oh. Yeah. Oh God. I always got that shit. Your attitude is a problem. Blah blah blah. Mm. School's a problem. It sucked. It's like it's terrible. It sucked. Everyone there was stupid, and uh, mm-hmm. it was awful. They ran yeah. them like prisons. It was it was horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. S- yeah. School sucked. Ha- having a shitty attitude about a shitty school and a shitty school system in a shitty state is normal. That's yes. what's expected. Like, it would be weird yeah. for me to be like, oh, boy, I get to go learn and dodge knives today. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Dad. Yeah, I love my school. <laughs> there's there's four or five fights every day. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, it's great. My biology teacher believes in evolution, or not doesn't believe in evolution. Awesome. Happened to me. Happened to me. Oh God! That I was so, being a so frustrating. Yeah, I was being a smartass uh, uh, creationist kid in her class. So mm-hmm. she asked me to stay mm-hmm. after class. It's <laughs> like I'm like, all right. And then she, she she's like, okay, uh, and starts talking about some problems with the theory of evolution and gives me like oh a book, God. some bullshit book that was way above my reading level, but was fucking horseshit anyway. I can't. Yeah. Re- I can't remember the the title of it. Some kind of uh, creationist bullshit 
dressed up as intelligent design, pretending to be science. (laughs) Pretending to be science. Absolute garbage. That is so frightening. So by the but by the time I got there, like it it didn't look like a deer. Uh, right. It was crazy. It was it was so weird. Like there was like surreal David Lynch shit happening. Like yeah, uh, <laughs> these other neighbors had come over and were helping him like butcher, like cut it up and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I met them and they threw the head, like the its entire Ugh. fucking head, to their chickens. Right. Ugh. The chickens got bullied off of the head by a goose. And what? the goose was just like mouthing on it. It was uh. so weird. It was the weirdest uh. fucking thing I've ever seen. Like it was just like. Oh, that is so strange. 